friends, my neighbors, the people that are on my street is just so easy. Uh, just to open a conversation, I've had creative ideas of, of what to do to, um, you know, if somebody's sick, write out a card, include the gospel in it. It's just so easy all of a sudden. And so that should give us an understanding of, you know, the, the forces that are pressing in. Sometimes it's not us. There's like a, a dullness there. But we, like uh, Joy was saying, we want that momentum. We want to keep um, moving forward. And so if you feel like you need to continue fasting, please do. Um, uh, on Wednesday, I... I had this conversation with the Lord and he interrupted me. And he said, I want you um, to speak on prayer on Sunday. And I said, well, Ramesh is preparing. <laughs> and okay, so if that's true, then I want him to, to, you know, to say to me, um, would you preach? Two seconds went by. We haven't talked about this. And he goes, would, uh, would you be uh, preaching on Sunday? And I was like, oh my goodness. Look, there's something marvelous in the heart of God for us. And so um, I said to him, um, Holy Spirit, what is it that you are actually wanting to say about prayer? Uh, why is this important to you? Because, I mean, the only thing missing about prayer is doing it, right? We know, we know about that. Well, he, this is what he said. I want you to talk on prayer because I want my people close to me. Close. Close enough to hear my heart for them and others. But I want them to speak with me as well. You know what that tells me? <coughs> that we're actually pretty quiet in the prayer department. Um, you know, if we, if we call a prophetic gathering, do you know the place gets packed out? But when we call a prayer meeting, there are faithful few that come. And so what does that tell us about our relationship with God? There's, a, there's something there to look at together. And see, the prophetic is hearing God's voice both personally and corporately. And we're hungry to hear God's voice, aren't we? But prayer is our voice back to Him. And um, from what I can tell, we, we don't actually want to hear that as much. But He wants to. And that's the point. He's hungry to hear our voices. And he started talking to me about the church. And he says, I love the way Hazy talks to me. I love the way that, that she listens to me. But she talks back. And, and she, she, she reminds me that I've made promises. And she digs around and, and brings out those promises. I haven't talked to Hazy, but he was talking to me about Hazy. He's saying, I love her voice. And I listen to Hazy when she talks. Where's Scott? Is Scott here? There you are. Here, Mike. I was looking for a blondie. <laughs> <laughs> he 
He said, I listen to Scott because Scott's laid it out in front of me because I love the sound of Scott's voice, not because of what he does, but because when he talks to me, I lean in. He listens to Dan Nati's voice. She's always looking uh, to see who to pray for and what she can do to fill in the gaps. And he follows her around. He says he follows her around. And he loves what she's doing. And, but, but he loves her, her words because they bring life to people. He said he loves Joan and Ken because they pray for us every day. And everything stops when they start praying. And he goes in and he sits with them and he's listening and he's got angels that are writing things down because they're gonna have assignments and he wants to encourage you today. There's not one thing that you've prayed in faith that he's not gonna answer. And you see, our voices actually shift and change things. I wish you could have been in the prayer room this morning because there was a sound I've never heard coming out of there. Why? Because we're raising our voices to him. And you know how much pleasure he gets from that? We underestimate the sound of that of how he made us he shaped us in his image and he designed us to communicate with him and he said i want you to talk about ramesh and your relationship and i'm like oh boy <laughs> so ramesh and i absolutely love living together we have one of those uh, all day long kind of companionship relationships. Um, and, and the Holy Spirit said, that's, that's a picture of Christ in the bride. He says, I love living with you. I absolutely love being with you all the time. There's not a moment when I'm bored. You might think I am. But I'm not bored because I know the plans that I have for you. They're plans uh, to give you a future and a hope. And I want you to, to, to not miss that. But I'm not going to just dialogue all by myself. And so um, Ramesh and I have an interesting uh, dynamic in our relationship because we're both introverts. Yes, we're both introverts. Oh, boy. So there's a lot of silence in our relationship, but we love it. We're going out of town tomorrow for the day, and I know we're going to spend hours together enjoying each other's company, and there won't be a lot of words. However, we have a love language, and so words are not just speaking. Words take on all the love languages. What are some of them? There are five that I know of and probably more, but let's cover, let's cover five of them. <coughs> There's acts of service. Quality time. Quality time. Gifts. 
talking about this. Because he acknowledges your, your acts of service, he acknowledges, um, you know, our worship which touches him. It does. We feel his presence, but he's felt our presence. Okay? So we have other languages that we use, but he's saying words are a lot more important than, than you think. And if you think about it, Jesus is the word. He is the great communicator. In fact, the world was shaped and created with his word. He took light and broke it up and released, bam. And, and here we are. Okay. And we're made in his image. And he wants us to begin to take our authority and release what is in his heart. Because he loves us and he wants to work with us and through us. And the joy of being in relationship uh, is that you don't see problems the same as if you're alone. Ramesh and I go through conflicts and we go through troubling things. But what do we do during that time? We build trust. Um, the Lord's been speaking about hope. There's many of you experienced a, a loss of hope. And he's saying, but I'm building patience in you. And that patience is more important than you receiving right now what I've promised you. That patience uh, is that that patience is going to actually come to fruition. Do not be angry about that. Do not let go of that. So when we walk through these things, he's building our relationship. There's honesty that is in a relationship. Ramesh and I have um, uh, at times had to have courage to actually talk about things. But that's, that's part of what he is saying to us, what the Holy Spirit is saying. I want you to be courageous. I want you to actually have this conversation with me. And there's something inside of us that says, but I won't be able to, to, um, to do what I'm doing or go where I want to go. And the Holy Spirit's like, but you may not want to go the way that you want to go. You stop and listen to me. I've got a better plan, but I need you to surrender it to me. And so there's, there's that kind of communication that needs to happen in order for your relationship with him to grow. You can stay at the same place and never feel any pressure, never feel any pain from him. Everything's just fine. <laughs> you can have a very blessed life. But if you're hungry for his will and you're hungry for souls, you're going to find that there is something that is worth starting the conversation. And he said, I want to have conversations with every single one of you because I'm. this is a season I'm building. Ramesh and I, when we do have conversations, they are addressing things. And, and conversations are awesome because they create safe boundaries around you. You don't have unhealthy uh, expectations of each other if you're communicating. You, you have understanding and you value the other person's ways. And God is saying, I want you to read my word. I want you to know my ways. I'm communicating with you my ways. I don't want you to, to think that they're restraining. No, they're protecting. 
and, and he's saying, and I want to hear your heart. You know, so many times I've said um, to the Lord, what do you want me to do with my life? And he says, well, what do you want? Mm. What? I was afraid to start the conversation because I thought he was going to take something away. But in actuality, in my starting the converse, conversation, I was surrendering to him. And he... And he's given me a wide place to move around in because he knows what his spirit is doing in us. And we need to have the conversations with him. So that's what he's asking. I want you to talk to me. Yes, you can hear me. Jesus says, my sheep hear my voice, they know me. If you've got Jesus on the inside, you're going to hear him. He's pretty hard to shut up. In fact, I don't even advise you try. Just uh, keep those ears open. But he wants our dialogue with him. Um, Jeremy, could you put the slide up? We're going to take some time right now. This is my draft. But you can take your... Um, your smartphones out and take a picture of that. Or you can write in point form. Um, those of you who've been to the engine room on Wednesday, um, uh, we have uh, begun to do this in our devotional time. This is a method by a fellow by the name of John Piper. And I'm going to give you three practical uh, suggestions to sharpen our conversations with God. Sound good? And we're going to whip through them. But before that, um, I am going to say uh, this Wednesday at the engine room, we are bringing photographs. We are bringing lists with family members' names on them that uh, need salvation. And we are going to bring any kind of mementos, anything that represents our families. We're going to be focusing on, on praying for unsaved family members. How many want to come? And we are believing for breakthrough, for salvation for them. And all kinds of breakthroughs. Because they need to see the goodness of the Lord. And now that we've got the Lord's ear, let's uh, you know, make a big noise. Alright, so we'll see you there for sure. Okay. Alright. So, here are three suggestions to sharpen your focus in your prayer life. Number one, set aside a time and a place every day uh, for prayer. Uh, don't leave it to chance. Uh, it just won't happen. And people that are married realize this. If you don't have a date night, it just keeps getting displaced. We need to have these dates with him. So, Find a spot. I've got my prayer chair. And in that prayer chair, uh, when I sit down, I see myself seated in heavenly places with Christ. You need a scripture, Ephesians 2, 6. That is my place where uh, the Lord and I become history makers in different areas. We become uh, world changers together because I'm a co-laborer with him in Christ. All right? And I call those... Holy Spirit adventures. Um, I'm not going to start with Holy Spirit adventures. I'm, I'm going to talk first of all 
about the fact that when when we um, begin to read the word, I highly recommend combining reading the word with prayer. So what does that look like? It means that um, when we read a scripture and it jumps out at us, then we make it, we turn that around and we make it into a prayer declaration. Um, I picked a verse here because I read it yesterday. Um, Proverbs 31, verses 8 and 9 says, Speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves, for the rights of all who are destitute. Speak up and judge fairly. Defend the rights of the poor and needy. Mm -hmm. So I read that and it hits me like I need to take that personal. So then I say, Lord, help me to speak up for those who don't have the ability to speak for themselves. Lord, show me, awaken my spirit to be able to speak into those places. Um, uh, there are many. I'll let you discover them. Uh, someone, I think Kayan quoted Psalm uh, 27.4. That's, by the way, Ramesh's favorite mm -hmm. scripture in the Bible. One thing I ask from the Lord, this I seek that I would dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze on the beauty of the Lord, to seek him in his temple. That's a love, a love passage. Speak that in love to him. Let it rise up off of the page. And when you pray and you read together, the most amazing uh, uh, love happens between you and him. And so you're cultivating that kind of intimacy. For some of you who've been doing this for years, for others, you're new. You're new and you need structures and strategies and the Holy Spirit wants to help you, okay? Um, so the third point is what I had Jeremy put up here. Uh, I call this praying in circles. Uh, it's praying in concentric circles. Um, so we start at the center. Why? Do I start praying for myself? Well, because I'm self-centered. When I wake up in the morning, uh, I'm thinking about me. I'm thinking about how I'm feeling, what I got planned, and the first thing I need to do is submit myself to Him. Um, so as we go along on these, I'm going to have you join in. You don't have to stand up, but I want you to pay attention and and bring these into your own circle. You can have uh, different circles than me, but these are my circles, and I'm sharing them with you because this is powerful. The reason why it becomes so powerful is because it keeps the dialogue going. So I can be praying for myself. I got my cup of coffee, and I'm saying, Lord, you know, uh, cleanse my heart, my mind. I start with thanksgiving. In fact, every one of these, I exercise thanksgiving and worship and prayer um, uh, so that the, the entire time of prayer is saturated with surrender to the Lord. That's what thanksgiving does. It keeps you in a place of surrender. Um, and so um, I start out and I, I say, Lord, is there anything that I need to walk in forgiveness today? Is there anything? And I, and I listen to him, is there anyone? And someone might come to mind, and I'm like, oh, boy, I wouldn't have caught that. Thank you, Holy Spirit. And then I repent of that and ask forgiveness, and if there's anything I need to do. And so then I move on from there, and I begin to pray for my spouse. And um, 
And boy, does that ever take a lot of time. <laughs> um, but, but what do I do if I don't have a spouse? Well, you pray for that spouse in faith that they are coming and that, and write down the things that, that jump out at you because you can be listening. Holy Spirit will talk to you about that too. You know, I'm, when I pray for my husband, um, I often hear the Lord correcting the way that I'm relating to him. And so in my prayer language, I'm actually engaged uh, relationally with the Lord, and the Lord becomes the one that makes my relationship with him sweet. And so then I move on to family. Family is, um, you know, family is a conundrum half the time because we can speak to family like we don't speak to anybody else. Or we can carry attitudes. It, it's some of the darkest things hide in family patterns. And so we need to pull those things into the light. And, and we pray and we bless our families. And um, and we pray for, oppor pardon me, for opportunities to actually speak into their life. Um, and then we, we move on to friends and neighbors. Um, friends, oh my goodness. Uh, when Joanna Adams was here, Joanna said, um, you know, there are some friendships that are lifelong, and then there are friendships that are for a season. And in this place, you can recognize that if you have a hunger to develop a relationship or keep a relationship, that God's hand is on there. Choose a friend, choose a destiny. And, and who we associate ourselves with does shape our destiny. This is very, very important to the Lord. And so we bless our friendships. We bless our destinies together. And then there's neighbors. Neighbors are in close proximity to us. They didn't plan on moving next door to you. Okay? But remember the Pharisee said to Jesus, um, uh, you know, well, who's my neighbor? And Jesus said, well, who are you a neighbor to? And so in this place, when you're praying for those in close proximity in your apartment buildings or on your, on your block, um, be mindful of who you keep bumping into all the time. Because chances are you're building relationship with them. Because I don't know about you, but there's, there's a ton of people in my neighborhood, and I keep seeing the same ones over and over again. Well, that's a clue. And are you pastoring your neighborhood? Information I walk up and down the streets. Um, and we stop in at, at people's stores and we say, we're, you know, uh, we're praying for prosperity for you. And, and we dialogue with them. And, and they become more and more open. We have opportunities to pray for them and we can get hugs and things. And, and we hear praise reports about how things are, are, are uh, progressing. And they're seeing the goodness of God and equating it to prayer. So we are pastors of our neighborhoods and of our, our uh, families, I mean our friends. And then how about co-workers and colleagues? We move into the next circle where we recognize that we spend a lot of time with these ones. And that's almost like family, right? But this is the opportunity for you to shine your light in the marketplace where you earn the right to speak into their lives because of your work ethic, because of the integrity, the excellence, and the way that you, when you walk into a room, uh, you're carrying the presence of the Lord. Or are you? Do you see work as a place of drudgery? Or do you see it as a love assignment? Mm -hmm. But if you are, 
If you are with the Lord in your workplace, I believe he wants to give us uh, his view and his heart of the people that you're working with. And even if you don't enjoy the job, it's laying down your life because it's not the money or the, the promotion that is what he's looking for. He's looking for you to release life into every one of those places. And so, whether you're a student or, uh, or in the marketplace or in places of influence, release the fragrance of God. In the prayer room, um, he released shoes for our feet. He wants everyone wearing the gospel. Are you wearing the gospel on your feet? Have you a, a testimony or do you have a word of encouragement? Uh, one of the things the Lord's reminded me to do is... Uh, to write out word of uh, a prophetic word, put money in a card, and then just write uh, just for you on the outside, and then keep it in my purse, give it away. There's little things that can change the eternal destiny of somebody, and we he's he's aching to to stir us up because he's got he wants us to be out there. And then we go to the to the uh, church local. Well, I love this one. I love praying for the church. And it's not just our church. Uh, I get to um, to talk to him about you, and he talks to me about you. And believe me, he never uh, he never disses you. My heart needs to be a safe place because he. He talks about his bride in the most adoring ways. Yeah. And I need to talk to him about you in the most adoring ways. And you need to talk to him about us. And so in this concentric circle, we pray for the leadership. We have an amazing leadership here. And I believe that's because you are praying for us. There's a unity and a togetherness and a love that is growing. That comes because you're praying for us. And the Lord is building in his church. And so then um, we pray for the, for the global church. We pray for, for other church. We're not in competition with any other church, folks. We are the bride. And we pray for one another. And, and we don't just think our world. We, we think about linking together. We pray into those areas. And then we, we think of missions and ministries. There's many things out there that that are uh, springing off of, of the church. And so we pray for missions. And we pray, Lord, do you want to send me? You'll see those conversations get stopped sometimes. <laughs> and it's important to have those conversations because if you don't go, who will go? And so then there's, there's the persecuted church. Oh my goodness. You know, uh, last year when Andrew Brunson was being held in the Turkish prison, I felt like we were there with him. It was so painful. And God released him. But there's many that don't get released and are martyred. They're killed for the sake of the gospel. And God wants us to be able to, to feel along with him in this regard. And so we pray for the church. We pray for the government. That, that's number one in 1 Timothy uh, 2 verse 1 he says I urge you to pray for government and I pray that he cleanses us from, from judgmentalism and, and criticism of the government why, don't, why, why isn't our first thought to pray for them 
Because we are from, we are seated in government places in heaven. We, we're from a different kingdom. We don't want this kingdom to be ruling that kingdom and making rules and laws that they have no relationship with God about. No, we come and we infuse the kingdoms of this world with the gospel, with the good news, because God wants to move inside. He doesn't want to rule over other than in this place of prayer. But we can rule in this place of prayer. So our first thought is praying for the government. And that includes police. It includes educators. It includes those in places of influence. Any place of influence. And we pray. And and and. And we don't criticize. We break agreement with the accuser so that our prayers are heard. And then we have current events. And current events are crazy, man. We listen to so much bad news. And I was like, Lord, what's the good news? And he says, you tell me. Good news. It's on your feet. It's in your heart. You have good news. So I want you to, when you... Listen to the news. I want you to combat that. Use your voice and begin to declare, to declare what the good news is in that situation. And we're going to see the bride of Christ rising up, taking her place, being radiant, ruling in heavenly places. And, and guess what? This church, he wants to hear your voice in, in our spheres of influence. We don't have to worry about the big picture yet. We certainly have to pray, but he's wanting us to become such an amazing influence in our spheres of authority. And so this prayer circle is crazy good because um, it gets the ball rolling. You might say, well, I can't follow a pattern. Well, you don't have to. But at the end of the day, I will have known that it took me 10 minutes to get through this. And it, and it, it could go really fast, and then I can start all over again. But my mind goes at lightning speed. I don't know about you, but my spirit is even faster. So I can cover this really, really fast, or it can get slowed down, and I can go through the circle once a day and spend my time listening to Holy Spirit, me talking to Him, Him talking to me. And at the end of the day, I have done a miraculous thing. I've covered the whole earth. I got me covered, my family covered, everybody covered. And guess what? I don't like to pray just to make a noise. I like to see things happen. How about you? Amen. Well, things are going to happen. Amen. And they're going to happen through us because that's where he wants to work. He wants to work through us. <laughs> um, let's get the ball rolling. Uh, I like that. The whole ball rolling thing. <laughs> just thought of that. <laughs> anyway, so let's stand to our feet. We're four minutes over. I need to talk faster. Um, and if this is you, uh, if this is what your heart's desire is, Lord, we ask that you would put it on our hearts to at least try this, to bring some structure so that we're not so easily distracted by the dust bunnies under the couch or the the fly flying around, or uh, Lord, that we would we would actually know that you're sitting on the edge of your chair waiting for us 
to talk to you and to commune with you and to ask you stuff. And you're so wanting to, to, to be intimate with us and to show us how good you are because you are so good. And I just believe the Lord's saying today that if you get specific with him, he'll get specific with you. He's saying, don't, don't be afraid to be specific because he is going to answer prayers and, and breakthroughs on our behalf. He loves us. He's leaning in to listen. So, Father, I pray that you put your words on our tongue. Even we need to be empowered to even speak back to you. And, in fact, we take authority over a deaf and dumb spirit that has been quenching our ability to talk to you. And we say, we dismiss you together in the name of Jesus. You get off your people. You get off this people in Jesus' name. Lord, we commit ourselves to communing with you and talking to you. Even if at first it's just a few sentences, Lord, we ask you to get that momentum in Jesus' name. I bless all of you. We'll see you.